what the fourth industrial revolution will lead to is a fusion of our physical, our digital, and our biological identities. The difference of this fourth uh, industrial revolution is it doesn't change what you are doing. It changes you if you take a genetic editing, right. uh, just as an example. It's you who exactly. are changed, yeah. and of yeah. course this has a big impact on yeah. your identity. Yeah. It is important to use the COVID-19 crisis as a timely opportunity. So people assume uh, we are just going back uh, to the good old world which we had, um, and everything will be normal again in how we are used to normal, in the old fashion. This is, uh, let's say, fiction. It will not happen. Um, the the uh, cut which we have now um, is much too strong uh, in order not to leave traces. Welcome to The Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Wednesday, December 13th, 2023. Thank you for joining me today. Again, we have a timed show today, which I'm actually kind of happy that it's working out this way because it's forcing me to at least be be able to do a shorter show often it's outside my control. Uh, today, we're going to be joining Jason Burmis in about an hour, a little bit more. So we have this much time to get some stuff out that I thought was important for us to discuss today. I'd like to start first, before we even get into what we're going to be discussing, that I saw some people discussing in the chat. I, I'd like to to point out that Marshall, who is a long-term, he's been a part of this community since the very beginning, very beginning. He's probably one of the best people I've ever met in my life. And he sadly re- just lost somebody close to him and his family. And I just want to let you guys know, first of all, so you know why he is not here and so on, but that you can send your your prayers, your love, your positive energy, whatever it is to you that, that means something. And, and, and just sit down and have a thought about him and his life and what he's doing and send that positive energy to him and his family. Because really, I just you guys know him. If you if you're in this community, he's he's one of the most amazing people I've known, and I just hope that we can send that positive energy to him, because it's just the kind of person that he is and what he's been going through. You you guys know it's just it's it's just so sad how, in my experience, some of the worst things happen to some of the best people, and I just feel like that's sadly the way the world tends to work these days. But you know, hey, that's one of the things I guess we're trying to change. But today we're going to get into to start an important conversation around the digital ID, which I felt was important, not just because it's always, it, again, it's one of those topics that we discussed during COVID-19 illusion, after it, into this next topic or any of the others, has never even slowed down. We've focused elsewhere as society, but it has, if not not even not slowed down, it's, in, it's picked up speed. And I want to make sure we, one, don't miss sight of that continual agenda, but I want to make a couple of important points to show you how I think it's they're now beginning to use new agendas to justify this and force this in. And I think that this is one of the central agendas around whatever you feel. I, my, a lot of us sense something changing right now. I think that's very obvious. 
one one of one of the reasons being because they're literally telling you that's happening. So it's not some secret squirrel concept that we can sense. They we all see it because they're telling you. But there's things around it I think that are a little bit more unnerving that we can't really define. We kind of feel the outlines. We don't really know what this is. We all seem to sense this the the collapsing of certain things, the rising of others. I think this digital ID aspect is one of the most central parts of the larger agenda that it ties to just everything that they're building as we go forward that applies to war, applies to health, applies to anything. I think that's the one of the main points I'm going to make today is that whatever the agenda is on the, at the moment seems to perfectly align with why we need digital IDs. And it's just one part of a larger agenda. Now, we're also going to get into with how much time we have, some multiple other things I'd like to discuss around Zionism and the ongoing agenda of the, you know, the genocide in Gaza and the agenda to create one, what the Zionist entities have always wanted to create in this area, which then continues beyond Gaza. Interesting how the group that tells you they are going to take over things if you let them grow is the one that's basically stated that's exactly what they will do and have the plan for, whether it's the Greater Israel Project or any other concept that involves multiple other countries' territories or just the U.S. government classic foreign policy of stealing what isn't theirs. It seems to be the interesting sort of accuse them of that which you are guilty concept, but we need to see that it is a gigantic discussion that ties into so many different things. You, I mean, right there, you could loop this right back into the conversation of digital IDs for immigration or different sorts of migration and how that's used against us. Now, I'd like to make, to make sure we talk about a couple of important things around the grouping that was recently seen dressed down, almost naked, blindfolded, and how that's an important conversation to what ultimately ended up happening. Because a lot of people in this hear the discussion points. This is, these are terrorists. No, those are civilians. And then sort of choose what they already wanted to choose and go on to the next talking point. Meanwhile, there's people that actually care about the truth and find out and say, this is what it turned out to be. I mean, now they're 14 stories down the line and it's only been 15 minutes. Like that's how the world's working right now. Not for, I, I don't think it's the majority, but enough people to make that make a difference. So the point is that that one point turned out to be not terrorists. Surprise, surprise. Even according to them, they're claiming only a fraction of those people were Hamas members. But then it turns out, as I, I felt was the truth from the beginning, that none of them are. And ultimately, these are people that they're manipulating. Civilians they've taken from schools in different UN locations that they have now filmed multiple times to get certain propaganda elements out, and they're caught for doing it. Filming two different things twice or one thing twice and point, claiming it was an organic event where they were giving up their weapons. They're being caught every time faking this stuff and it just keeps going forward, which shows you only really two things. That the governments are okay with that lie and are willing to lie for it. And the people online that are towing it are invested in the agenda. Quite frankly, I think pretty much everybody else, it's, it's not difficult. To, if somebody tells you, you know, trying to make something basic, let's just say it's nighttime and they're saying it's daytime outside. Well, it doesn't take some special thought process to go, no, it's not. It's clearly daytime. So when you're looking at something like this and you can prove that dynamic and ultimately it's just somebody refusing to acknowledge it when there are objective realities, that's what's ultimately happening. And I think most people aren't dishonest enough to go along with something that they just inherently can tell is false. And I think that's a lot of what this agenda is. So I'd like to start with an interesting discussion around some COVID-19 stuff to lay the table for where this digital ID kind of concept was already going and how I see it building into the next discussion. So first, this was just sent to me, and I think this is 
for the for the T Lab audience, this is old news. Or, or no, for the T Lab audience, this is old news. We've talked about this, but for the people that are involved in this conversation, and you might have seen T Lab talking about it, it's either conspiracy theory or some fantasy, some ridiculous made up story. Now that it's actually being discussed, as for the podcast, Japan approves world's first self-amplifying mRNA COVID-19 vaccine, of course, without publishing efficacy or safety data, because who needs that in the age of mRNA platforms? But what's, my point is that this is not new. Self-amplifying was actually the first aspect of this that was discovered, as we've discussed long in the past. So I always thought it was strange that they acted like the one they did first was the original and then acted like this was some new futuristic step. I already showed you that on the Pfizer documentation in the very beginning, they listed the Pfizer shot as self-amplifying. That's not debatable. I've shown you this many times. So now for this new thing, new self-amplifying shot to come out, it's very concerning to me for you know what the idea is here. First of all, because they're basing this off of an mRNA platform technology that has utterly and completely failed. Just so that utterly and completely failed. There's no period. There's no conversation. Even Fauci admits in his cell.com article that this was at least it didn't go the way they wanted it to. So we need to take some steps back and reevaluate, but they didn't do that. They sprinted into everything else, flew an RSV and rapidly pushed out the same failing process. That was in part the, pro the actual platform itself that was failing. And this will include the show we did about this peer-reviewed study that found quite quite specifically that it was the mRNA platform that was actually driving myocarditis, not well, on in addition to everything else. Because that the reality is the spike protein itself is cytotoxic, it's dangerous. We knew that right in the beginning. We made that claim very clearly in the beginning, based on the science, and it was conspiracy theory until eventually it was accepted. But it's different though. Now, that's always how it works. Some difference of narrative that makes it not exactly the same thing, but it might be dangerous. We're still trying to figure it out. We'll look over there quickly. New story. The point is that the self-amplifying is what I believe in part is already happening. Quite frankly, I mean, I think we might be all the way past the concept of, we, we might be dealing with self-spreading concepts today, which are different. Just very quickly what it says here, and this is this is generally the simplistic idea of it. It says both mRNA and, and self-amplifying mRNA are RNA vaccines. Well, to be clear, we're dealing with mod RNA in both cases because it's different. Modified RNA is the N1-methylpseudouridine modified RNA, which is one of the primary reasons this is so damaging. These are damaging in and of themselves. The mod RNA is why it goes on seemingly forever. To make it very simple, there's multiple facets here, but it says these are vaccines that use it, viruses genetic code against it. When an mRNA, and even that is very simplified, but when an mRNA vaccine is injected into an individual, the mRNA instructs cells to make a specific protein and then simulates immune responses, which by the way, that's not even accurate in my opinion. Your business sim, your, it simply primes your body to make a certain protein, which then your body naturally responds to. From that point forward, it's your body that is failing because of what the injection has done to you, not the idea that this the the injection is the thing stimulate. Like I, I mean, I guess you could read that both ways, but it does seem to make it sound like the injection is doing the stimulating when really it's your body responding to what it has primed your body to create. And it says a self-amplifying mRNA vaccine takes this concept further by making multiple 
mRNA copies, which ends up generating more spike protein. Now, is that not what it sounds like it's already doing? Think about this for a second. It's just, these are just semantics at this point. If what it's already doing is sustained synthesis of the spike protein, right? Which was one of the most important studies that had come out, peer-reviewed, discussing the e innate immune suppression. This was peer-reviewed, at least severe. It says the spike protein is neurotoxic. Oh, and this one here, just mRNA vaccines promote sustained synthesis of the spike protein. So that either means that they knew all along this was self-amplifying or even further in regard to self-spreading, which would simply mean the same concept, except then once it leaves, it continues to spread, catch, infect, and spread again, and so on, right? That's the idea. Only Really, the idea being through a vaccinology lens that that would be the thing that gets you to produce immunity, which... Okay, well, isn't that just a virus then? Isn't that just something spreading and catching? Like, it's just interesting how they are almost acting like they've created what was already happening, <laughs> even though they're the ones hurting people. But ultimately, the idea that this is, or back to the point of being either this was about creating this and lying about it, or now, either they lied about it to begin with, or they accidentally made this happen the first time. Right. There's only a couple of ways you could look at that. But either way, why in the world are we at a point where they're telling you they're now going to go past the thing that pretty much everyone's acknowledged is a failure, including Fauci? Different scales and levels of failure, obviously. Here's the point that he's he, him and Robert Cadlick are saying, yeah, a couple screw ups. We're going to do it better next time. The rest of us seem to go, you guys should be in prison for killing people. Got a different scale. Right. But either way. They're go, they're standing on the rubble of this thing and building harder and faster and even going further in the direction of the very same gene editing mRNA platform technology. It's mind blowing. And Japan, of all people, they were some of the ones calling some things out early. But anyway, the point is, this is still happening rapidly. And if it's self-amplifying, guys, we're now going dangerously close even to the stated narrative of the level of self-spreading concepts. Now, you know what? Just for the sake of for the for those that may not remember I want people to remember what this really looks like and realize that this is not new. This is a video from 2020 in an e, in, in a massive UN support, UN backed EU kind of symposium about these steps. And this guy self amplifying is a step in this direction. I believe this is already happening, quite frankly. Since the outbreak of COVID-19, the word virus has been dominating media headlines as well as our daily lives. Did you know that one approach that has been proposed to control virally transmitted diseases is by releasing a virally transmitted vaccine? Unlike traditional vaccines, infectious vaccines do not require any individual consent. Infectious solutions are also being developed for food and agriculture. Yeah, and that was the insect allies discussion we've had many times. They've been doing this for a very long time. I talked about this in 2021 and well before that, by the way, right here, self-spreading vaccines, self-amplifying mRNA vaccines and COVID vaccine menstrual disruption, May 2nd, 2021. And of course, it was wild, crazy, dangerous conspiracy theory until they said it today, right? Fake news until we tell you. The sad thing is this was already happening. It was already there. You can look up the links in this discussion and it goes back a far, a long way. But the real point is how this is going to be used beyond the illusion we're discussing 
First of all, just quickly, I wanted to make this point about Pierce Morgan or anybody else who has gone through four, five, six, however many ridiculous boosters they were dumb enough to continue to put in their body. Pierce Morgan is having chronic COVID, according to Igor Chudov, which I agree with, because his boosters caused IgG4 immune tolerance. And this is, and this, this was one of the most important parts of this, I think. Um, I get, you know, the, the article's not popping up, but I'll, I'll give you his actual post on this. And this is in regard to the allergy overlap, the concept that this has turned your, all these different things are all failures, by the way. Like, unless this was designed this way, and then these just obviously criminals, but none of these things seem to like work together, if that makes sense. And it's in different ways. You're all like the idea that this happens seems to like lessen how dangerous it is for the, like arguably the people that didn't take it. And even the people that did, even though it could become fatal, that it's like this low level illness as opposed to some massive outbreak. This seems like they were just literally testing with the population. But the point is that this is just however many examples you need, how many times in a row we can see their failures, or at the very least, even if you think it was just all good intentions, why in the world we keep letting them muscle people and the population into doing the next thing when they keep screwing up? Like, think about that. It's a joke I make about foreign policy. It's not a joke. They're literally batting zero. Literally batting zero. We're going to fight for freedom and then whoops, destroy the country. We're going to spread all sorts of human you know, equity and sustainability. Oops, and we destroyed their country. Over and over. Or, or you can be intelligent enough to go, maybe they're trying to destroy these countries for their own benefit. Same point here. Here's a cloth mask that will keep you safe. Oh, made you sick. Here's a shot that's going to, oh, killed you all. It's ridiculous how often we can see that the thing they keep telling you will keep you safe. In fact, not only doesn't keep you safe, it does the exact opposite. Do I need to say it? They don't care about you guys. But anyway, the point is, he says his immune system cannot overcome the virus due to COVID vaccines. His tweet shows what IgG4 immune tolerance looks like. He says, who else has had the latest COVID strain? I'm into day seven of incessant coughs, snotty nose, raging sinuses, asthma-like breathing, very white voice, and tedious fatigue. I'm willing to bet you my life. You could talk to anybody you know that has had multiple of these shots, and they're probably feeling just like that. Probably because of some super mild cold going around. Because that's a COVID coronavirus too. Oh, actually, that's his link right there, I think. Now, in regard to the other parts of this that are the most prominent parts of like the, it, it, the obvious examples that show you that they are not either the worst, most clumsy and competent people on the planet, or they are trying, or maybe don't care about you or even worse, just want to hurt you. We cannot see the more excess mortality or any number of other things how obvious this has become. And these people are still acting and not even acting like still arguing. They're, con they're confused. We're baffled guys. Well, you seem to be the only ones baffled about what's going on. And this is Robin Nadi points out the Hills article. Th this is bigger than COVID. Why are so many Americans dying early? This is a real story. This is real. This is, this is from this month yesterday. In fact, now, I'm not going to say that I'm going to, I could argue that I know for sure why every one of them is dying early, but I mean, guys, it, it's, it's not that hard to understand that you're causing things that you've admitted to, by the way, like myocarditis and blood, blood clots and heart attacks and strokes, which certainly doesn't mean every collapsing person is doing that because of the shot. But let's be clear. You guys have admitted this can happen because of these shots grudgingly over three and a half years because you're cowards, but clearly you've admitted it. 
So we can't then stand back and go, okay, if you can't decide, if, if nothing else, which is the point, they're going, well, it's not COVID. It's not this. It's not that, which is why they say we're baffled. Except you're, there's this whole category that you seem to be looking right over. You guys know exactly what's happening. It seems to be all the things being caused by the shot that you pretend isn't causing the things you've admitted that it causes. Like, think about how uncomfortable this must be for them to be knowingly lying at a point when we can see they're lying and they know we know they're lying. And they just keep pretending we don't. As he writes, or the article says, life insurance insurers have been consistently sounding the alarm over these unexpected or excess deaths. You know, except all the life insurance people and, and, and insur- doctors, people that have been speaking up going, this is because of the shots. And I can see it exactly based on my information, but they don't listen to those guys. Those are all dangerous conspiracy theorists even though they're giving you the answer that you seem not able to find. goes on to say, which claimed 158,000 more Americans in the first nine months of 2023, 2023 than in the same period in 2019? 2023. So we're now two years into the life-saving miracle mRNA shot that was going to change the world. And yet it's still better than it was during the year that everybody had COVID and no shots. How does that possibly make sense? The point is, a child could see that it doesn't make sense. Now, as an objective person, I could say, sure, maybe there's another example or a reason. But think about how willfully ignorant and dangerous it is to ignore the only thing that currently lines up for the possibility that maybe something else adds up. That's just called willful ignorance, as we well know. It says, Will, with the worst of COVID behind us, annual deaths for all causes should be back to pre-pandemic levels. We're baffled. Or even lower because of the loss of so many sick and firm Americans. Think about that. People died. They're the ones telling us that. Had a huge amount of people die. So simple mathematics and statistics should mean that the numbers should be going down. Unless, with COVID out of the way and them telling you this isn't COVID, then unless something else is happening. Instead, the death toll remains alarming, disturbing. This is their quotes. Urgent detention, according to the insurance industry. These reports used by insurers to inform decisions show the deaths occurring disproportionately among young, working-age people. You know, the ones least affected by the COVID-19 illusion. Nonetheless, America's chief health manager, the US, the CDC, opted in September to archive its excess deaths webpage with a note stating, these data sets will no longer be updated. Doesn't that just put a perfect little chilling point on it? So we're going, we're so confused, we can't figure it out, so let's just stop looking. Doesn't that seem like that makes sense? We'll just ignore it because we don't know. <laughs> I mean, they know we know they're lying, guys. Think about this. This is why the White House is putting fences. This is why they, this is, they, they see you as the enemy. You know why? Because you are. You may not know that yet, but you are. So they're they like I was talking about this with somebody today, actually, right? They have these visions at night when they're going to bed of how Gaddafi was dragged through the street because of a mob that because that saw him as the enemy, right? That's how they see this a grouping of people that not only are angry with them, but know they have a right to be not just angry, but these people should be in prison. Now, I argue, I hope, I, I don't think anybody should hope for violence against them. Because that is just being like them. I hope these people go to prison, go through a trial, and end up in jail for the rest of their lives. That's what I hope. Because they deserve that. They want you to be the kind of violent entities they are because they'll use that against you. But I'm promising you, they know we know that they're lying. And they are now trying to just create the, like, leaning into the very small percentage of people that actually believe what they're saying and acting like we all think that. And if you don't, you're crazy. 
even though they know it's not working, what else are they going to do? So we'll just stop looking at it and continue telling us that we're crazy. Vaccines were given to more than 270 million people, among them babies, pregnant women, and workers under employer mandates. The therapeutics warp speed, Donald Trump's program, emergency use authorization must be part of any post-pandemic analysis in light of more than 1 million reports of possible harm to the Bayer's report and a new Yale University study validating a chronic post-vaccination syndrome, you know, called long vax. But we don't talk about that. We don't, we don't lean into that, like how embarrassing it is that we can come full circle to where the very same people are going, oh, but there is a thing called long backs, but still pretend that long COVID makes sense, even though that's never actually been proven. That all they ever did was have a, comp- a compilation of symptoms. By the way, as I proved on this show, long COVID had a bigger compilation of symptoms than even COVID did. Make sense of that for me. Well, I will for you because it meant that they combined everything. You had the flu, you had the cold, you had vaccine side effects, you had a stroke, a heart attack. It was all long COVID overlap because what it meant was anything under the sun was suddenly not related to the vaccine. We dumped into some COVID secondary aspect like SIDS or SADS or any number of things, which literally mean we don't know, but we still use it as a diagnosis. Senator Ron Johnson adds to this the same point, bigger than COVID. Why are so many dying early? A COVID vaccine, perhaps? He writes, Bayer's reports 25.5 U.S. deaths per million COVID vaccine doses. 25.5 U.S. deaths per per million COVID doses versus 0.46 flu vaccine deaths per million. Now, those numbers, I promise you, are not accurate. Under recorded, I promise you. Even that is a 55-fold increase. So realize their stated, or rather their reported numbers show you a 55-fold increase in death compared to the flu versus flu to COVID shot. And that's their stated. That's what they show you. And we, and we just go forward? Of 37,726 Bayer's COVID vaccine worldwide deaths, 24% occurred within two days of vaccination. But they're baffled. Ben from U.S. Mortality points out, At what point are the vaccines supposed to start working? As he shows you Canada's excess mortality. I mean, look at this. Here's 2020. And so from right here, right before the big jump, that's what used to look like. It ebbed and it flowed. It stayed within a, a kind of an expected range, even with different events, shootings and illness generally, because that's how this usually goes. Enter the gene therapy experiment on the human population. From 2020, it, it was, here we are, 2023. Never stopped. It's still up. We're baffled, though, guys. We're all baffled, right? This is just, this, I, this is almost, if, 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 if any, other than everything else, it's almost also serving as an experiment to see how much we'll take. How long we will keep our heads down while we can prove, even with what they're showing, that they're lying. Now, you know, that, this is the moment where some people then shift into the mindset of violent action. I argue that's not the way to go with this, but you, know, you got, people need to make their own decisions because I'm sure people think I'm wrong. Like my, like my naivety will stop us from ever seeing the change, but I, I just don't believe violence will change for the better. Violence begets violence. Look through history. You have a violent overthrow and then you're holding power by violence and it ends up being the same dynamic. We need something different. We're in a time in the world where we pretend we're somehow more enlightened. 
So I would argue that we can find a path forward if we just have enough people on the page that we truly want that. But again, maybe I'm wrong. July 14th, May, May 2023, rather it says EU excess mortality above baseline in May 2023. It's never stopped. Anywhere you look that had a high vaccination rate is completely confused about the exact identical alignment of their excess death. We're so confused by that. Weirdly enough, the places that didn't have a high vaccination rate, completely confusingly, don't have a high vac- have excess death. Isn't that confusing? <laughs> no, it's the exact opposite. It's the clearest thing I've ever seen in my life, but let's pretend like we're baffled by it. And of course, Brooke Jackson points out some positive news, which by the way, is both good and bad. Uh, of course, they you see that and suddenly just disappears. Moderna, Pfizer chief commercial officers, both exit companies. Now, part of me goes good, like it shows you that they realize that we see them. But at the same time, these people just get to leave their jobs and we act like nothing. Now, oh, well, can I quit my job? No, you're you're pretty much a war criminal at this point. All right. You should be in prison for not only lying about the knowingly dangerous things you sold, but continuing to to this very day. But on top of that, these people, I th- it's good that we can see that things are shifting, but I ultimately think that these people should not be able to just sidestep, you know, stage left, just kind of walk out of the way. But I think that it's interesting how people within the company might be aware that that's kind of indicative of, of a problem, right? Rats fleeing the ship, kind of an analogy. Now, on the point of the excess death and other amazingly obvious things that nobody wants to talk about. Another example of this. I mean, remember we did an article about this. I I quickly looked. I wasn't able to find the show. If you guys remember, post it in the chat. 2020, we did this show about prion disease. And the ALS kind of brain issue, the Canada. Actually, I'll grab that real quick because I know that always pops up. Or even just watch. I bet you if I put baffling. Yeah, look at that. I just write B-A-F-F. Boop, pops up. First one. Look at this. Brain buster. Mystery brain illness. Baffles Canadian doctors as cases spread. This was 2022. That was same thing. Exactly the same conversation. It's never gone away. They were baffled in 2020. They were baffled in 2021. They're baffled today. Even though it's very obvious that you can see this. And I'll show you why. Well, again, deadly prions disease are rising in the United States. And we aren't exactly sure why. Otherwise known as we're baffled, guys. We're baffled. Well, I can show you why. At least a possibility that they don't seem to be able to entertain. 2021, COVID-19, RNA-based vaccines, and the risk of prion disease. What? You guys know this already. Here's the one that came out in 2020 that we talked about. Or rather, excuse me. I thought I could have swore that was 2020. Oh, it is. Yeah, I thought so. But it does say accepted 2021. I don't think it would be released if it wasn't. Anyway, I thought we did this in 2020. Maybe I was wrong. Maybe it was 2021. But the point is. COVID-19 RNA-based vaccines are the risk of prion disease. And I'll read this to you like I did all the way back then. It says, the zinc ions have been shown to cause the transformation of the TDP-43 to its uh, pathologic prion configuration. The folding of the TDP-43 and FUS into their pathologic prion conformations is known to cause ALS, front temporal uh, lobar degeneration, Alzheimer's disease, and other neurological degenerative diseases. The enclosed finding, as well as the additional potential risks, lead the authors to believe that regulatory approval of the RNA-based vaccines, all of them, for SARS-CoV-2, was premature and that the vaccine may cause much more harm than benefit. One of the most prescient studies of the entire thing, because they screamed this was fake news. They forced them. They said, you guys are 
dangerously misinforming people. And guess what? They were right way ahead of everybody else. Not even just because of prion's disease, but because that's exactly what is happening. A premature, what, didn't they just come out and say the, what was it? One of my shows covered it, but it was uh, folding, something folding. What was it? Here's this. Maybe not. Look at my show. But we just talked about the the, the, mul- the producing incorrect proteins, right? And the, they're now admitting this. Yeah, this it's this show right here you guys can watch. The mRNA glitch. You know, the thing that won the Nobel Prize for being so successful. Oops, a glitch. Oops, caused prions. Oops, causes blood clots. Oops, causes myocarditis. Oops, causes everything else we've discussed. Thrombosis and vaccine-induced thrombosis, thrombocytopenia. Oh my God, we're what an what an amazing product that we mixed that we missed. <laughs> I can't even speak right now. Made mistakes on forty-seven times, but it's amazing and Nobel Prize worthy. Protein folding, but there was some other word for it. It was uh, like time folding or sample folding, something like that. But anyway, the point is that it's just that obvious. We have all this information, but they just keep pretending that we don't see it. Now, this is where it comes into the digital ID point, right? So the first thing. This was one of the major reasons they wanted this, or at least they pretended this was the case. And by by the way, we can go back before COVID-19 and show you the push for digital ID. But post-COVID-19 illusion, well, we have to know who's been vaccinated, right? How do we live our lives without knowing for sure? Oh, well, digital ID is the only solution. You need to know who's been vaccinated and who hasn't been. Some of the vaccines that will come on down the line will be multiple There'll be multiple shots. So you've got to have, for for reasons to do with the healthcare more generally, but certainly for uh, a pandemic or for for vaccines, you've got to have a proper digital infrastructure. And many countries don't have that. In fact, most countries don't have that. Right. How, and so, oh, and the the point is, this is 2021, I believe. Let me make sure. Oh, no, excuse me. This was this year, but it was January. So the point was earlier. It's not, it wasn't... uh, December. It was the beginning of this year. And so the bottom line, or let me double check though, actually, the article I see here was written in 2023. I double checked earlier because this is going around and I want to make sure it wasn't a, a newer one. Yeah, he did. He did say it this early. But the point is, this was a conversation that was had way back in the beginning, multiple shots and all this kind of conversation. And so this is the article from Reclaim the Net. Tony Blair, and this is January 19th, calls for WEF and WTO to introduce digital infrastructure that monitors vaccination status. And that's it. That's the only reason. That's it. Just because we had to, because we got to make sure you're healthy and safe. Okay. So things then shift. Oh, and then I wanted to grab this really quickly. Make sure, let me see if I, that pops up. It was the, uni, or the real ID, ID 2020. That pops up. This is the, there was a woman that pro, that um, resigned in protest from the twenty the ID twenty twenty. Here it is. Isn't it interesting how many people like from the State Department, even from the Knesset, in regard to Israel Gaza right now, or, or but in this case during the FDA, the CDC, all these people like resign in protest, and we don't think about that. Like it's like they're telling you they know it, they see it. They're the only honest ones. They're willing to tell you, and they resign in protest. This was twenty twenty. ID 2020, which if you don't remember, was the idea about having an ID, a national ID, which is I'll get to in a second. They're still pushing that, which overlaps with the digital aspects of this. She resigned and spoke out, calling it techno-solutionism that combined that ID with digital passports, vaccine information. Let's also not forget that the EU in general on their vaccine passport 
I, I doubt I'll have that coming up. Let me see. That doesn't look like it. But oops, I misspelled vaccine. Maybe that's why. Remember, we showed you this where they have the listing for the vaccine passport from 2018 predicting that it would happen between 2020 and 2021. All this stuff was on the record, right? So my point is that they clearly pushed this knowing before it ever got to COVID that they were wanting that. Then they use this to justify the overlap of these two things and say, well, we need immunity passports, not just COVID, right? but just whatever happens in the future and, I, and, and lock that in with your identification. Here it is in 2022. Can digital ID ease the, oh, excuse me. And so that's the point about going into the next step. So now today, right, we're dealing with other things. Still the kind of underpinnings of like the immunity, you know, COVID, even other illnesses, right? But suddenly there's a bigger conversation happening, right? What's going on with the southern border? What's going to happen to these 2.5 million Palestinians when all of these countries are too cowardly to deny the Israeli ethnic cleansing program? Well, suddenly we've got this big problem. Hamas might be secretly everywhere. It's the, it's the weaponized migration idea. Well, guess what they're proposing? This is before today anyway, as well. This is 2022. Can the digital ID ease UK's burdening, uh, is that burdening or burgeoning? Yeah, I guess burdening migration crisis. So the digital IDs for that or anything else they see in your future. So here's the discussion from Thales, of course. National ID cards, 2016 to 2023, facts and trends, and includes the, the UK in here. And it's just simply talking about what you might expect. Biometrics, electric national ID cards. Here is from June 24th, this year, from the Department of Homeland Security. Outlines the digital ID initiative for travel, immigration, citizenship status, employment, residency, right? They're answering all your calls, Republicans. You're going, what? We can't just let these people in the country. Well, here you go. Here's your problem reaction solution for you. Just like that. We'll tag every one of them or even better. We'll tag all of you. So we know who doesn't fit in. Does that make you feel better? Like this is how this works. When you petition a corrupt government for what you believe is your political agenda, they usually don't do what you want. They use what you want to achieve what they want. This is the two-party illusion. So I'm screaming about. These governments don't care about what you think. And you know what? A lot of these big high pundits in the, in the field of everything, whether we're talking about a Tucker or Elon or Bannon or all the rest of them, or all the left in the same way. They know this. They're using you just like the government's using them. But it's a, it, you know, as they say, SHIT rolls downhill, right? The point is that they will continue to abuse your trust to get what they want. Now, I could be wrong, of course, about which ones are what and who is lying. But at the end of the day, anyone that believes the government is going to be used to change your life doesn't understand how government works. I mean, it's, we have an entire history long before the U.S., the United States of America to see how this always works, guys. And now they're literally showing you who they are, whether it is Zionism and genocide in Gaza or what they just did to the world. And the people are trusting those same people because suddenly we care about the state of Israel. Right. The idea is these are the same people doing the same agendas. If you think they just tried to depopulate the world, why are you listening to them? Because somehow you listen to the, the right or left wing superstar that told you today's different. You know, it. you know better. Now, here's Klaus Schwab just to bring you back to what he originally said. This was during COVID-19. What was it going to be? A cyber polygon. We all thought that was strange, right? How in the world do you go from a, a pandemic to a cyber pandemic? Well, 
it was clumsy, disjointed, didn't really make much sense, but it's because they just were getting, I feel like they felt there was a desperate need to rush this. Maybe they were wrong. Maybe something changed, but this was very clumsy when they pushed this out, but it's now happening as we all can see right in front of us. insufficient attention to the frightening scenario of a comprehensive cyber attack which would bring to a complete halt to the power supply, transportation, hospital services, our society as a whole. The COVID-19 crisis would be seen in this respect as a small disturbance in comparison to a major cyber attack. I mean, even going as far as to call it a cyber pandemic. Now, by the way, if the, the predictive programming is through the roof right now. I just saw Jay Dyer share another video. Uh, another, it's a, it's a, um, a trailer for a, new, for a new movie about civil war in the United States. And it's, it's just, it's literally what you just saw, right? What kind of like minus, I, I'm guaranteed there's going to be a cyber kind of digital overlap to how their lives are affected, but it was really seemingly focused on just like the unsettled, dangerous kind of nature of like domestic terrorism. That's where it's going to be about. But let's not forget, we just got pushed. We have things coming out about the, the, what was the Obama produced film on Netflix talking about the cyber attacks and the, the psyops. We have the new, uh, Mission Impossible movie talking about the digital over. I mean, it's just it's just being forced into your consciousness right now. I very much think that there's something coming. And I, I'm not trying to scare anybody at all. I'm the last person that's going to be hyperbolic and try to hype up fear. But I like my point is not because we should just worry that something because they're literally telling you whether they believe it's happening because China or because they're going to do it and blame China. It, it doesn't really matter. I think we all sense that they are clearly building towards something. My worry is that we are going to take the bait in the sense of CCP Joe or whatever the two-party paradigm is pushing in your face. I, I, I have no, it, I, it's just as likely that China would do something like this as any other governments. But I think with what we can literally see playing out right now, does it not make more sense to ask whether or not Israel, for example, might try to apply pressure to a government that they used to completely control and might now be saying, stop killing civilians? Or anything, any other element to this, right? My point is we shouldn't box out anything. You know, they're an ally. It could be France for all we know for some reason. The point is it's not out, outside the realm of possibility that there might be more happening than we think based on the two-party talking points. It's very, I mean, look, it doesn't matter what's going on. I'm willing to bet you one of them will blame Russia, one will blame China. As much as those are always certainly possibilities, it's just becoming very lazy that it always ends up in the same direction. When most likely it's going to be your own government based on our own history, doing something to you in order to achieve their agenda against the people they're blaming. All of those are possible. Now, Jason Bassler put out an excellent post today going over one of my recent clips coming from, you know, kind of overlapping the CTI league again. And he just writes going into election season, expected, expect to see a lot more claims of cyber attacks as the sensationalist umbrella term acts as a perfect pretext for the evisceration of online anonymity and distraction from the war machine. I like I love these little spotlights he's doing. He's doing a great work there. Now, 
here's our conversation, the CTI League, the, the Cyber Threat Intelligence League, and its impending false flag. And what you discuss is the worry that this could be used to blame Iran or somebody else. Let's not forget that WikiLeaks exposed a long time ago that the U.S. government, the CIA, absolutely has the tech, the, the tools to be able to carry out a cyber attack and leave the digital footprint of whoever they want. It's just like a deep fake thing. It's, we have to realize that just because it looks a certain way does not ever mean that that's the way it is. It could, or not ever, but doesn't always mean that's the way it is. So this, her point is this, the person behind this league is somebody who has a very clear track record of trying to bring the U.S. to war with Iran for Israel's interests and is now capable of basically carrying out a false flag that we would never know. And I'm willing to bet your government doesn't even care about that. Important to think about. Now, I'm going to play a clip really quickly that I want to just to, for, to think. This is where we're like right now with this discussion. Oh, by the way, I forgot to say that. I want to include it in the beginning. We, I was on Sean Atwood's show today with, with uh, Monica Perez and Ricky uh, from uh, Union of the Unwanted. We had a great conversation about Hunter Biden, but we kind of got into this other discussion about the Alex Jones, Elon Musk, Trump, and Andrew Tate, all this kind of this dynamic. I, I mean, I feel like almost everybody other than people in the two-party paradigm are, are skeptical of what this feels like, even them. I know plenty of Republicans and people that are like, it's not, it just feels weird. I mean, not least of which because Elon Musk is literally like great reset champion. And 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 all of these people who are screaming about all these bad things are suddenly supporting, you know, Elon, I mean, how about just Donald Trump? who still maintains that these injections are like the best thing in the world. Even though, and there's really no justification for that. And it never really was either. He's okay. That it's hurting people for his own benefit, for his, for his legacy, or he wants to have, he was a part of what happened. So you got these people all combining to basically try to shift journalism onto Twitter, even though we've still never seen source material from the supposed Twitter files. All the weirdness that happened there, Matt Taibbi basically got pushed out. Who the hell knows? The point is, it was not genuine. 90% of what they showed was already proven before, and most of what they showed you anyway were things that were never backed up with any kind of tangible source material that you could verify for yourself, even though I argue they were all basically true. it's what, In my point, it wasn't about true or false at that point. It was about conditioning you to be blindly accepting of whatever tweet or whatever screenshots you saw which all rested on the clout of the person showing them to you. We're just getting re-engineered right back into the old style. If it's in the newspaper, it's real. That's how our grandparents used to think. That's what they're doing to you in a digital world. I wish we could see that. I know a lot of people do, but this next clip is about the world that's already being built and all of it ties together. Whether it comes from a biosecurity standpoint or a foreign policy angle, it's all driving you in the same direction. Let's also be clear, the future is not just happening. The future is built by us, by a powerful community as you here in this room. You know, the, the whole idea that humans have, you know, this, they, they have this soul or spirit and they have free will and nobody knows what's happening inside me. So whatever I choose, whether in the election, or whether in the supermarket, this is my free will, that's over. Free will, that's over. 
That's over. Over. Today, we have the technology to hack human beings on a massive scale. Yeah, I mean, everything is being digitalized. Everything is being monitored. In this time of crisis, you have to follow science. It's often said that you should never allow a good crisis to go to waste because a crisis is an opportunity to also do good reforms that in normal times people will never agree to. But in a crisis, you see we have no chance, so, 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 so let's do it. The vaccine won't help us go the to the test, of course. The vaccine will help <laughs> us, of course. It will make things you know, more manageable. Surveillance, people could look back in 100 years and identify the coronavirus epidemic as the moment when a new regime of surveillance took over, especially surveillance under the skin, which I think is maybe the most important development of the 21st century, is this ability to hack human beings, to go under the skin, collect biometric data, analyze it, and understand people better than they understand themselves. This, I believe, is maybe the most important event of the 21st century. By hacking organisms, elites may gain the power to re-engineer the future of life itself. Because once you can hack something, you can usually also engineer it. Natural selection is replaced by intelligent design. The era of inorganic life is now beginning. In the coming decades, AI and biotechnology will give us godlike abilities to re-engineer life and even to create completely new life forms. We are about to enter a new era of inorganic life shaped by intelligent design. Our intelligent design. Can you imagine that in 10 years when we are sitting here, we have an implant in our uh, brains and um, I can immediately feel, because you all will have implants, I can, and we measure your, your brain waves, and I can immediately tell you how the people react, or I can feel uh, how the people react um, to your answers. Uh, is it imaginable? Um, I, I think that is imaginable. I think um, I, I think you know you can imagine that you can imagine well you're going to be sort of transplanted into you know the the internet so to speak to live forever in a digital realm. Uh, you know you can imagine that you know you just in your biological incarnation are going to live to be some you know very long age. Uh, advancing very fast. But can you imagine that in 10 years when we are sitting here, we have an implant in our uh, brain or your people react like... Electrode to neuron interface at a mic micro level. Okay, what is it? Like, I have like a plug in my head that's gonna fit into a hard drive? Like, or how does that work? Yeah, yeah, a chip and a bunch of tiny wires. This, this would be implanted surgically? And it would do what? Could you input? Could you download Jim? Mm-hmm. Yes. What, what, what? <laughs> the long-term aspiration for Neuralink was, would be to achieve a symbiosis with uh, artificial intelligence. What we have seen so far, it's corporations and governments collecting data about where we go, who we meet, what movies we watch. The next phase is the surveillance going under our skin. COVID is critical because this is what convinces people 
to accept, to legitimize total biometric surveillance. One of the things that I think is so essential to free and open societies is freedom of thought. Um, and up until now, the conversation we've been having is around freedom of speech. Once we can access people's thoughts and access people's emotions, um, we have to create a space that enables people to think freely. Nobody will be safe if not everybody is vaccinated. Are you vaccinated? If I yes. may ask. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm very, very pro vaccination. Yeah. I believe uh, the science is unequivocal. Can you imagine that in 10 years when we are sitting here, we have an implant in our uh, brains? And um, I can immediately feel because you all will have implants. Just think of sensors planted into our brains. Basically, it implanted in your skull. So. Uh, but it would be flush with your skull. So you basically uh, take out a chunk of skull, replace, put the neural link device in there. Um, you you put the the electrode. You insert the electrode threads very carefully into the the brain. It doesn't change what you are doing. It changes you if you take a genetic editing. It's a fusion of the physical, the digital and the biological world. That's really the essence of the fourth industrial revolution. A merger with biological intelligence and machine intelligence. An effort for man to merge with machine in yes. a healthy way. Yes. To beat machines, you basically have to merge with machines. Most likely, yes. As work is changing, is a universal basic income um, really a, a, a solution to, the, to this problem? I think ultimately we will have to have some kind of universal basic income. And I think some kind of a universal basic So that was generally what I was trying to play. <laughs> but I realized that that's not the video that I was looking for. And it took me this whole time to find the right one. And so I'm not going to play it again. That's most of it. But the, I made a video that's much more well put together than that. It's all anyway, you got the general gist of that. But the point is that all of these overlaps are very similar. And I think it's very important that we recognize where this all seems to be going. I'm thinking I'll, I'll just end with that video. The one I was going to show here in a second. But let me just grab it real quick. point in general is that this is definitely inevitable guys and it is coming our way and i'll include some articles from derek and others we've done this i mean this is from july 17 2022 and it's nyu school of law and this is very real that they put out an entire statement it's actually right here ny school of law warns digital id the what they're doing quote is paving a digital road to hell <laughs> I mean, think about that. That's their statement. And that doesn't mean you blindly support, you know, people are so weirdly resistant and I get it to anything associated with like what we see as the mainstream, you know, like the whole Harvard thing today. It's like, therefore everything. It's just so funny how they clearly know how to use your own party, you know, alignments against you. And it's very obvious. It's the same thing we saw during a good example I made during the whole trans conversation was you had people like on the right in this case were screaming about, and rightly so, the Second Amendment, and why it's important. It's absolute. And then suddenly accept those trans people, they're crazy, can't have guns. You know, and it's like, it, it, it's very clearly or planned to get you to contradict what you thought was absolute. And it's, just, it's very obvious how this gets used against us. My point is just question everything. While considering everything, question everything. That's how it works. But this is where it's going. A digital road to hell. 
And he also exposes the digital ID as a human rights scam that tries to force this on people in other countries that don't want it or need it because they act like if they don't have it, they're suffering when in reality, you're going to drive them into the suffering. And just discussion right here from 2022, in one of my shows, Twitter pipeline to the digital ID, which is where this is all going. Now, it looks like we only have about 10 minutes or so left. I just wanted to go through. I think we'll just use one of these points that I was referencing. I was going to go through and I plan on doing. Oh, actually, I'll, I'll give you these these opening notes of this topic because I think there's just updates on what's happening. In general, we just discussed. How they had vetoed the ceasefire, which which triggered all sorts of good conversations about how does that possibly make sense? How is it possible that the U.S. government has the ability to veto what everybody else wants, which is what happened? Everybody else votes for ceasefire. And the U.S. goes, no. And that, that, that there's multiple permanent ent- bodies in this that can do that. It shouldn't happen that way. But the good thing is there is a process which just makes it even more impossible, even though it's clear what the majority wants. And they have initiated that in order to... D- trigger a vote where the next process, they don't have a veto power. Now, as I understand it, that has just happened as yesterday, actually. And the United Nations General Assembly does vote to demand an immediate ceasefire. My point was that the only question now is whether Israel will care. Seeing as how they are seemingly still bombing without question today, it's obvious that they don't care. So just again, recognize how obvious this is that the very party that I mean, it's of course, they're now calling them just Hamas which is just a testament to how wildly desperate and clumsy they are with this narrative that anybody that doesn't agree with them is a racist, anti-Semite, terrorist, Hamas, whatever will make you believe me, kind of a narrative. The point, though, is that they have devoted to demand a ceasefire. Even as Israel has used UN resolutions against anybody they don't like, it's just like they but ignored any time it goes against them, like with the Golan Heights or anything else. All this is demonstrating is that they are the, they are the entity that is not congruent with international law. They are the entity that is actually acting outside of the structure they pretend we're all abiding by. So is the U.S. government, for that matter. But in this case, and I'll, well, actually, I'll try to make this point as we end. It's not Hamas in this sense, in this case. That's not what's cap. That's that what happening. That's not to say Hamas is not breaking laws or not didn't violate international law with what they did. But it still simply points out that the one who is actively, continuously in everything they do including the illegal occupation that they've never, they are the ones completely acting outside the law. And to make this even more clear, what have I been telling you since the beginning of, I mean, well, well, well before this, for a decade, Israel's government does not want a two-state solution. It's not new today because CNN finally admits that. It has always been the reality. They've always made it clear when speaking to Hebrew publications or to Israeli people in, the, in Israel that they will never allow that because they don't want it. And then when they speak to Biden or CNN and Fox News, they just lie about it. Yes, they oh, they knowingly lie. We see it happening today. And Biden lies in, in response. They, they want this. So did Donald Trump. Dutifully lies, knowing they don't want that. I'm even willing to bet you Netanyahu would tell them they don't want it. And they still lie. Who knows about that? That's my opinion. But here it is today. Biden says Israeli government doesn't want two-state solution because that's the truth. The truth is they never have. That's always been clear if you simply listen to what they've publicly said in Israel as opposed to what the U.S. government always claims that they want it. Now think about that in the context of how does that make sense then? And their arguments about how Hamas has always been the one to say no, even though the reality is even the times that they did, or rather just the Palestinian society that ultimately 
It was because, as people have admitted and Netanyahu was exposed for, he made sure it was so overflowing with poison pills that they would never accept it. So, And then, of course, realizing that they were funding Hamas in order to make sure that they were divided. So it's clear at four or five different levels that they were, in fact, not just not wanting it, but actively sabotaging it so they could blame them for not doing it. I'm so glad these things are finally starting to drip out to people that care. But they don't want a two-state solution. And even more so, Ryan Grimm points out one of these tweets directly from the Israeli government representatives. This person, Minister of Communications, member of the Knesset, on behalf of Netanyahu's own party. Here's what he says. We respect and cherish the President of the United States, Joe Biden, who went out of his way during the most difficult period of the state of Israel. This is true friendship, but we live here. This is our country, the historical estate of our ancestors, which is actually incorrect in in, in the the full one-sided way. They were all living in this area peacefully before Zionism entered the stage. There will be no Palestinian state here, it says. Let me say that again. There will be no Palestinian state here, he says. We will never allow another state to be established between the Jordan and the sea. Right, so it's always good when you make it clear that you want to ethnically cleanse and genocide this group from the Jordan to the sea. That's okay. But when the other side says it in the sense of we want freedom and self-determination, that's the only one that means genocide, not this very clear genocidal statement. That one doesn't. But anyone that opaques, you know, you get the point. It's so transparent. They're telling you we never want this and never have wanted, we'll never allow and never have allowed the thing you've always pretended we want. And in the words of President Biden, the security of the Jewish people is at stake here. A Palestinian state would endanger endanger him. Thank you. I guess instead of her, him, I don't know. The point is that that's the opposite of what we've always been told. As he says, the reference to between the Jordan and the sea almost feels thrown to mock U.S. discourse. Obvious. And in case you missed it, the media won't tell you this, but Israel has killed 9,420 Palestinians in just nine weeks. Just nine weeks. So let's, let's do the math on that real quick. What do you think that comes out to? 9,420 comes out. That's, that's a little below 150 children every day, 150 children, babies, toddlers, adolescent children, 9,420. I mean, how in the world are we pretending this is not exactly what it looks like? Thank you to, oh, actually, they actually tab, talk, tagged Massey on that. Another journalist killed, which brings the total to 87. Over 130 UN members. The Cradle reports the Israeli armies dropped more than 22,000 guided and unguided bombs supplied by the U.S. on Gaza within the first six weeks of the war, according to a previously undisclosed intelligence figures. I mean, I just can't even fathom what these people must be going through. And Dan Cohen writes, the Times of Israel has published its customary wartime pro-genocide op-ed, this time from member of the Knesset, Avigdor Lieberman, saying there is no innocent people in Gaza. But listen to Biden when he tells you that they're pinpoint targeting only Hamas and they want a two-state solution, right, guys? And of course, just for good measure, realize that they told you that wasn't true right in the beginning. Emphasis on damage, not accuracy. And don't forget that they just sent more tank shells. You know, the tank shells that were already used to kill innocent Israeli civilians on October 7th. They just sent more. The Biden has bypassed Congress to approve the sale of shells, though they bypassed it because Congress might not allow it. And this is the world we're living in. 
Now I'm going to leave it there in the interest of time, guys. But thank you for tuning in today. I, I will most definitely be doing the show tomorrow because I need to get the rest of the stuff out. There's this point about the people that have been kidnapped and you've been marched around and in fact, using them as human shields. Well, I, I'll just show you that really quickly. I'll, and maybe I'll end with that. The point is, guys, that they have already been caught using these people that they kidnapped, these civilians, doctors from the school, the UN school, and they're now using them, marched around to go into other Palestinian areas. You know what that's called? That's called human shields. They don't care. They really don't care how obvious this is. And I'll include both these videos. I'll include all the links in case you want to look at this today. The reality is obviously that they don't care. They're Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not showing it. Here's the video just so you guys can see here. They're using these people as human shields. They're using those doctors and everybody else to march them into areas that they're going in with their weapons and hoping that so that way they're in front of them. So if, they, if somebody gets shot, it's going to be them. It's, now it's nighttime. They're marching them all over the place, not into some prison cell, but from area to area to area. It's being reported all over the place. That is human shields. That's what this is. That's what you're looking at. Just like that. It's amazing, isn't it? That's a doctor right there and all these people being corralled into here. Who knows what's going to happen to them? We're not talking about Hamas here, guys. We're talking about a genocidal entity that is willing to ethnically cleanse this population. It's time to stand up for them. Thank you for tuning in, guys. Thank you for being here. I'll be joining Jason in about two minutes. So make sure you tune in. And again, I'll be doing a show tomorrow because it's important to get this stuff out. But more and more, we will continue to expand and talk about as many other things as we can, guys. But I really want to emphasize how important I think this is to all of those other topics. And I'm sure some of you disagree, but as we've shown in the past, I think it's important that we trust our gut. And that includes you, everybody. There's something internal, innate. You should listen to yourself. Trust your instincts. Thank you for being here. I love you all. As always, question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant.